welcome to the Eastridge Church Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. What's the last thing a guy wants to do on a trip when he's driving? Short trip, long trip, by himself, with his family. What's the last thing he wants to do? Turn around. I hate turning around. I don't know why. I just feel like it's defeating. And so in my mind, I always think there's got to be another way to get to where I'm going besides turning around. And this doesn't seem like a big deal now with GPS, but years ago, before GPS, that if you missed a turn and you got turned around, you were lost and, and you didn't want to make a U-turn, then you got the map out. And I remember when Leslie and I, it's comical now, but there were some tense moments in our marriage because she'd be getting the map out and I'd be telling her, hey, we can do this. And I know she'd be thinking, just turn around, please. But I tried to do it myself. I thought I could figure it out. And sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. Today, I want to talk to you about turning around. We're in our reset series. And today we're talking about a spiritual turnaround. The word's called repent. And what this simply means is to be remorseful over a wrongdoing, an area of your life, so much so that you want to make a change. You want to make a U-turn. You want to turn around. It means that when you're following God, you, when you get sidetracked, you immediately turn back to Him. Or maybe if you've never been following God, never, never been following Jesus Christ, then you start following Him and you turn to Him for the first time. But today I want to talk to you about repent, and we're using the Genesis account. And, and the reason why this is so important is when we read Genesis, we just see how um, this whole series of reset that God creates the world and it is great, beautiful. His majesty, His glory is everywhere. He creates man, Adam and Eve, and things are great. And then you get to chapter 3, and Adam and Eve sin. And sin enters the world. And things just start to nosedive very quickly. And so we're going to be talking about the whole concept of repent, looking at the story of Noah from Genesis 6. And the story of Noah really isn't a repentant story, but it's a warning to us of what our lives will be like if we never turn to God. That if we ignore Him, if we just do our thing and hope it all turns out good in the end, it's a warning. And here's the reason. One is because sin happens quickly. Now, the word sin, if you're not sure what that is, the word sin in the Greek is the word hamartia. And the word has this picture of when you're shooting a bow and arrow, you're shooting at the target and you keep missing the target. Years ago, I entered a, an archery competition, just a, a local one, and I'm not a great archery guy or anything like that. I rarely go bow hunting anymore, but every now and then I do. Uh, and I entered this competition with a guy from the church, and I didn't know that on my bow, there's a little thing called a peep sight, and it had gotten loose. And so I took the first shot, and it was great. And then the next shot, it went off 
missed the mark. And the rest of my day was just a frustrating day of some shots being good, some not being that good. And very, very frustrating. And sin's kind of like that. It's like things are going good. And then very quickly, it just seems like they go awry. We, we read the Genesis account. Like I said, chapter one, it's great. Beautiful. God's creation creates Adam and Eve. Things are great. Sinner enters the world in chapter three. And then in chapter six, I want to read something to you. It says, the Lord observed the extent of wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. From chapter 3 to chapter 6. So the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. You see, in your world and my world, sin happens quickly too. I think it's funny when we see one of our kids do something that we think is foolish or dumb or stupid or wrong, we'll say to them, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And they'll say, I don't know. But as adults, we have so many moments where we think to ourselves, man, what was I thinking? What was I thinking there? Sin enters into our situation and at really, really at a, at a warp speed sometimes. Sometimes it's methodical and planned out, but sometimes it's just simply at warp speed. Years ago, somebody gave me tickets to the Braves game for me and the boys, and they were playing rec ball, and, and there was a rain out or something. But anyway, we couldn't go to the Braves game because we had to go to the, one of the rec games. And instead of just being honest with the guy and telling him I gave his tickets away, I told a lie. I sinned. I told him that... Uh, uh, we used them, or I just, I just, I just real vague about it, or something like that. And but anyway, it was a lie, and I felt bad about it. But I was sitting there thinking to myself when it happened, why did I do that? How did this happen so quickly? What, what was the point? And the whole point behind it is, I just didn't want him to think that I didn't appreciate the tickets, because I thought if he thought that I didn't appreciate them, he wouldn't give me anymore, which is so stupid and selfish in itself. I know it's getting deeper here on me, isn't it? But you know what? Sin's like that with all of us. But you've probably got your own story. And so a lot of people underestimate their sinfulness. And we overestimate our goodness. So I'm going to spend just a moment here and just talk to you about the fact that we're all sinners. I'm going to read some stuff to you. We're all sinners. And if you wonder if you are or not, I'll just ask some questions. Have you ever told a lie? Then you've missed the mark. The arrow's not gone where it's supposed to. Have you ever stolen something? Have you ever been jealous? Have you ever been uncontrolled in your anger? You've missed the mark. Have you ever lusted after somebody? Committed adultery? Looked at porn? You've missed the mark. Got arrows going everywhere. Have you ever gossiped? You ever cussed somebody out? You ever cheated? You ever been prideful? See, if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that sin in our life it comes upon us very quickly. And the things that we thought we would never do, we're certainly capable of doing. And that's why we have to remember this whole concept of, of repenting, of turning back to God, that we have to turn back to God. 
Well, not only does sin happen quickly, there's consequences to sin. Now, there's all kinds of consequences to sin. We know in our lives there's a lot of consequences to a lot of different things. That if you get a speeding ticket, there's a consequence to that. If you rob a bank, there's a different consequence. But there's consequences to sin. And in Genesis 6, it says that God, now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. And God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. Now, that seems really harsh, doesn't it? God says, because of sin, because of evil, I'm going to wipe things out. But we've got to understand that there's consequences with sin. In Romans, it says that the wages of sin is death. That you and I, when we sin, we actually earn death. And this is a, a, a super um, important reason why we need to repent. Because not only does it say it there, but there's other scriptures that go on to say over and over again, warning after warning of just how if we choose to do our own thing, to live our own way, be your own person, to ignore God and His commands, to ignore what He's trying to, to say us. If we refuse to turn to Him or to turn back to Him, then the result of that is always death. As a matter of fact, the writers in Hebrews says this. He says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning, after we've received knowledge of the truth, there's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There's only terrible expectation of God's judgment and raging fire that will consume His enemies. You see, God's a holy God, and He can't sin, He can't be ransomed, and the punishment for sin is death. It's like if, if the punishment fitting the crime that if you were to get a ticket... We want the police officer to let us off because he knows my heart and I didn't mean it, or he knows me and I'm usually a pretty good driver. But the truth is, the penalty for that trespass is a fine that you have to pay. And when we sin, there's a fine to be paid. And it is our death. And that seems harsh, but because unholy people have to pay a price to a holy God for their sinfulness. And that's why it's important to think about the concept of repenting, turning back to God. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews goes on and says, for anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God. You see, because we start with the story of Noah, but it goes all the way to our time now where God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who's continually nudging us, urging us, calling out to us, turn back, turn around. But we had the great propensity to not listen. We have the great ability to ignore. 
And the punishment for that is always death. Death of relationship. Death spiritually. And so, sin happens quickly. Sin has consequences. But lastly, sin has a cure. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Because I love the story of Noah in that God gives us this picture that He never wanted it to be that way. That He always wanted something better for all of us. Even though we're sinful beings. Even though that we're corrupt. Even though that sin comes pretty quickly for all of us. And in Noah chapter 6, it says that Noah found favor with God. That God gives Noah this grace. That He gives him grace and He tells Noah to, to build an ark and he and his family are going to be saved. And God offers the same thing to you and I through Jesus Christ. See, God makes a covenant with Noah. A covenant is like a binding promise between God and Noah that I'm going to save you. You build the ark and I'm going to save you. God gives us a covenant through Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to save you. You just have to turn to my son. And that when you become in Christ, just as Noah was in the ark, when you're in Christ, you will be saved. And so we turn to him. And the scripture here from 1 Peter, Peter gives kind of an account of what that looks like. He says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. See, God had this plan that even back in Noah's day, that he was going to send Jesus. That this picture of Noah and the ark and the picture that I'm going to read to you of baptism is the picture of that when we accept Christ and we are baptized in Him, we are saved. He says, Christ suffered for our sins for all time. He never sinned, but He died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but He was raised to life in the Spirit. So He went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his ark. Only eight people were saved from the drowning of that terrible flood. And then he says this, and that baptism is a picture which now saves you, removing dirt from your body. Not removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he gives us this picture going back to Noah, where Noah found favor with God, that Noah is called to build an ark to save his family, that this whole concept of repentance at this time, that God gives grace. But you have to turn to Him. You have to listen. You have to obey. See, people get a picture of Christianity of that we've all got it together. We don't. I tell you a story about me telling a lie years ago, and I can tell you I've told lies since then. I'm not proud of it. I've, I've, I've thought things, done things, said things, and you have too. See, following Jesus doesn't make me perfect, even though Jesus is perfecting me. And those times have become fewer and far between. And I want to follow Christ. But following Jesus is about making U-turns daily where I kind of go astray, or I shoot the arrow and I miss the target this day or in this moment. And God said, hey, turn around, come back. And just as He called out to Noah that the world's evil, 
but I'm offering you grace. He says the same thing to you and I. The world's evil, but I'm offering you grace through my Son, Jesus Christ. So repent. Maybe today is a day that you've never turned to Jesus Christ. Never understood that He loved you, that He's provided a way, that His death on the cross, the Scripture I read, talked about Christ died for us all, once and for all. That when we're in Christ, we'll be saved. Maybe today is the day that you turn to Christ for the first time. Or maybe you're like me. And you're looking to turn to Jesus daily. That you have moments where, man, you're doing great and following Him. Then you have moments that, if you're honest, you're thinking, what was I thinking? But the great news is this, is that every time you and I turn to Him, that if we mean business, that He accepts us, he forgives us. He sets our course, course right. Just like when I told you when I was in that archery tournament, I had that peep sight and it just kept going up and down. I didn't know what was going on. Once I fixed it, it made shooting and hitting the target so much easier. The more you follow Christ, the easier it is to follow Christ because He helps you. So maybe today is the day that you decide to make repentance a part of your regular routine of your life. I want to spend some time praying for you. I want to do so praying to a, a loving Heavenly Father who knows everything about you and everything about me but still sent Jesus to the cross for us. And He eagerly desires for you to turn to Him. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, I promise you, He's waiting for you. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, you know everything about us. The good, the bad. The moments where we seemingly have it together and the moments where we know we don't. But the truth of the matter, God, is we're all sinners. And the wages from our sin is death. But the gift that you offer us is life through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray for the person today that's never understood that by turning to you, they could find hope. By turning to you and accepting your son Jesus, they could be forgiven of everything they've done. Their life can be changed. And Lord, I pray for the rest of us that have made a decision to follow you at some point in our lives, but sometimes we just, we miss the mark. And Lord, I pray that we would turn around. I pray that our lives are marked by moments where we hear you calling to us and we just simply turn around to find a loving Father waiting for us. So God, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to repent. And in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. 
you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you, we love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.